The right to self-defense is vindicated as Kyle Rittenhouse is finally freed, not guilty on all accounts. Hillary Clinton and Bill Gates tell you how to invest your money. Hint, do the opposite. And we discuss why being a Democrat means never having to say you're sorry. Here on The Conservative Connection. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. Today's episode is brought to you today by Foxhole Armor, one of the most trusted names in body armor. Foxhole Armor is an essential defensive tool, and they believe that any law-abiding citizen should be able to have the amazing, purely defensive tool that is body armor. And they also believe that if you are to have body armor, that it should be a quality product. Their armor plates are professionally coated with an industry-grade protective material at over 150 degrees to provide superior impact resistance. Each coated steel plate is able to withstand the roughness of conditions and resist high levels of corrosion and chemical resistance. The coating provides a superior finish that you can trust. If you're anything like us, you probably realize the importance of protecting yourself and your family. If you live in an area prone to riots after the hundredth time, you should realize that a wooden board is really not going to do much of anything. Get something that actually is going to protect you and your loved ones. There is no reason you and your family shouldn't be able to have a purely defensive tool, but with the Biden administration and the ATF now targeting body armor, the best time to get it is now. Head on over to foxholearmor.com or email jeff at foxholearmor.com and tell them that Corn and Crow sent you for a 10% discount. Foxhole Armor. Don't be a well-dressed organ donor. You can also use the code conservative connection. Now, recently, uh, my buddy over there, Jeff, um, actually, he's uh, closer to Rob as, as a friend, but, you know, I've been talking to him, and I really do believe in his product, and I really do want to help him out, and I want to help anybody out who may be in an in area that is prone to these kinds of riots. In fact, uh, Jeff has uh, felt so sorry for the people of Kenosha now being threatened um, to be killed and have their places burned down that he has actually gone down over there himself so if you uh use my information you can get in contact with jeff he's selling body armor at a pretty good discount so anybody who wants to keep themselves safe down there so now we get into the meat of what's going on kyle rittenhouse is finally free and uh closing arguments from the trial were very ridiculous and looking at the Kyle Rittenhouse trial um, I'm I'm very glad that he got off like he deserved to get off but I'm, I'm disappointed not not that he got off but that this was even a trial or that it was even close this should have never been taken to trial and there are many politicians and many spokespeople in the United States who realize this the average person realizes this when donald trump first saw the footage he said looks like a kid who got swarmed by a mob and tried to defend himself and really that's what happened i mean nothing really changed my mind throughout this entire scenario that there were developing facts and different new information that came out i was waiting to change my mind on this for over a year i never really did but the closing arguments from the prosecution were just insane. And uh, th there was a moment where the Mr. Binger, 
decides to take an AR-15. This hadn't happened when me and Josh were discussing it, but he took an AR-15 and put his finger on the trigger of the AR-15, um, looked down the scope, pointed it around a crowded courtroom at the jury, <laughs> and um, yeah, just with his finger on the trigger, he didn't rack it, he didn't clear it, he didn't check it to see if it was unloaded, and he broke every rule of gun safety. As anybody who owns a gun knows, you are not supposed to point a gun at anything you're not willing to destroy. You are not supposed to have your finger on the trigger until you're ready to fire. You're not supposed to you're not supposed you're supposed to know what your target is and what's behind it. And then on, on top of that, you're supposed to treat every gun like it's loaded. You, you <laughs> treat every gun like it's loaded. Don't have your finger on the trigger. Know what your target is and what's behind it and don't point it at anything you're not willing to destroy. This is just basic, basic gun safety. But yeah, he, he decides to wave it around a crowded jury room and point it just directly at the jury. So, you know, I'm wondering if Alec Baldwin is going to play him in the movie. Maybe we can maybe we can have that arranged. That'll be fun to see. But yeah, I, I just couldn't believe it. And we're going to we're going to play some clips for you guys now just at how ridiculous this prosecutor was like, of course, this guy lost. And people were saying, yeah, he had a hard case to make. No, he, he had an impossible case to make. Self-defense here was clearly on trial from the very beginning of the trial. Like, are you against defending yourself? This was the, <laughs> this was the answer that Americans had. No, no, we're not against defending ourselves. This was the right answer of the jury. But they just had to press it with conjecture and hypothetical questions and Honestly, the memes on this court case were just hilarious. I was watching them and reading through them, and they were just so funny. But here's one clip of the prosecution saying that, uh, you know, why why was it so urgent that you that you went over there? And Kyle explains, well, because there was a fire. So this is uh, clip one. Go. But you, at some point, as you get close to the 63rd Street car source, start running towards that lot. Right? Towards the fire that in the Duramax. And Mr. Rosenbaum is running ahead of you, isn't he? I don't I don't believe so. But you decided you needed to run because of the fire in the Duramax? Yes. Why? What was so urgent? It was a fire. Alright, now we're gonna play another clip for you. And this clip was even more ridiculous where he says uh, he starts to try to put Kyle on the stand defending his use of why he played video games and how video games might have made Kyle violent. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I can't, I can't not laugh at this. But anyway, uh, this is clip two. Go. It resembled the types of weapons that are used in first person shooter video games, correct? I don't really play first-person shooter video games. I have, but I believe there's a variety of guns, including shotguns, pistols. It there's guns in video games that resemble all guns. Isn't it true when you would hang out at, with Dominic Black, you'd play Call of Duty and other first-person shooter video games? Sometimes. And those are games in which you use weapons like AR-15s to pretty much shoot anybody who comes at you, correct? It's a video game where two players are playing together. I don't really understand the meaning of your question, to 
be honest. Isn't one of the things people do in these video games try and kill everyone else with your guns? Yeah, the video game. It's just a video game. It's not real life. So yeah, so we're. It's amazing that this isn't even a, a, a sketch, but this is this is real. This was a real argument that Kyle Rittenhouse um, had posed against him that him playing video games and first-person shooters like Call of Duty or Max Payne somehow turned him into a psychopath I guess was the was the argument and honestly we've gone over a lot of these arguments so I'm not gonna hash them back out but now uh, the left comes in and again being a Democrat means never having to say you're sorry even if you're proven wrong in a court of law even if the majority of the nation is on your side I mean I'm gonna play just this clip from this bar this was the the verdict being announced of Kyle Rittenhouse being not guilty on on all accounts so I'm just gonna play this little clip from you uh, listen to the audience reaction you tell me you tell me if you think that a majority of America is not on this kid's side the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. Yeah, so that was clip three. And yeah, like everybody wanted this kid to get off. The, the whole scenario was completely ridiculous. And in the same way that a majority of these areas are turning red and areas that leaned hard blue are now leaning red or or they're undetermined kind of just shows you that the entire narrative of the left that has been perpetuating for years is now falling apart where you have footage of a 17 year old defending himself with an ar-15 and now people want open carry even more because their argument is yeah we don't want people to be hurt i mean the whole point of this whole thing was that they said um ar-15 shouldn't be wielded by anybody well apparently it was wielded by him and it was able to defend himself he was able to defend himself pretty well but I want to dive into a few more things because right now America is in a propaganda war between two sides and you have so many conflicting ideas that sometimes the move the news moves so fast it's hard to catch them and slow down but I want to go back to when Kyle Rittenhouse uh, had his breakdown right on the stand and they were saying oh it's all crocodile tears he's clearly faking it I, you know I had a real jerk so a real jerk store moment the last time that I recorded with uh, my buddy Josh because I even had this written down where I said the same people who said that Kyle Rittenhouse's uh, breakdown was completely fake are the same ones that said the lies made about Brett Kavanaugh that he was a gang rapist were extremely credible and that Christine Blasey Ford was exceptionally credible. And when I listened to Christine Blasey Ford's testimony, I really wish I had a podcast at the time because I feel like the media just goes in lockstep and sometimes commentators just go along with them. They said, oh, Christine Blasey Ford, she's extremely credible. She's exceptionally credible. So credible, in fact, that the reason that I, I knew she was lying within like 20 minutes of listening to her, I, I don't even think it was that long. I think it was like 10 or 15 
was because she said she had a fear of flying, and that's why she couldn't actually appear in court. And then she does appear in court, and lo and behold, uh, the lady, the nice lady, uh, asks her, um, so what do you do for hobbies? And she says, oh, I'm an oceanographer. You're, you're, an, you're an oceanographer with a fear of flying. And it turns out when we pull up Christine Blasey Ford's record, she's got more flying miles than the Rolling Stones. You know, she, she said that, oh, I was so afraid to have anybody close to me or live next to me and it haunted me. Turns out she's got a tenant living in her living room that she that pays rent and, and lives in the same building. You know, not exactly something you'd want to do if you were if you were so isolated that you didn't want anybody near you. You probably wouldn't be renting your house out to a stranger and having them share the same living room as you are. But just all these things just constantly hitting like i have to facepalm at the ridiculous stupidity that i've seen from the left because again they never say they're sorry so they don't admit they're wrong even though everybody advocating for Kyle Rittenhouse has been vindicated and here we have another clip of uh, Tulsi Gabbard this was the only pretty much sane reaction that i've seen from any democrat is Tulsi Gabbard where she says not only did the jury come to the right conclusion, but the jury, basically this entire case, it should have never happened because it happened based off media hype and the charges were brought against Kyle within 36 to 48 hours of the event. It was completely political and there was no way that they were going to gather all the evidence to make charges within 36 to 48 hours. So this is Tulsi Gabbard's clip four go. Well, the jury got it right in finding Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty on all charges. The reality is that the fact that these charges were brought before there was any serious investigation into what occurred is evidence that the government was actually motivated by politics from the beginning, which in and of itself should be considered criminal. So, yeah, probably the only sane take you're going to get from a Democrat is like, not only did the kid defend himself, not only should he have not gotten not guilty, but the charges against him should have never been filed. And this is why I think he has a really clear case for defamation is because these people just continue to double down just constantly. They, they will not stop. And honestly, the more they go on, the, the more people he can sue. So I, do, I don't even necessarily know if this is a bad thing. Um, because I, I feel like every single person who, who doubles down on these lies, they just keep on digging themselves into a deeper hole. And the majority of Americans see right through it. I mean, you got Sean White in BLM saying that Joseph Rosenbaum, the pedophile who, again, yeah, get your kids out of the room for this one <laughs> um, really quick if, you, if they're still in. But the pedophile who raped children raped young boys at least five of them he says joseph rosenbaum earned the right to say the n-word this is this is uh sean white the white guy you know ironically named but sean white not the skateboarder the the, the lame sean white in in the blm decides to say that another white guy has the right to say the n-word and then Al Sharpton says that 
Rittenhouse being found guilt not guilty puts all Americans at risk when attending protests. No, it defends all Americans at risk when they're in the middle of riots. It's, it, but then, as if that wasn't enough, Mark Ruffalo decides to get in on the action and says, you know, essentially, rest in peace, JoJo. Like, they're, they're calling this pedophile dude JoJo. Why? I, I have no idea. Pedro Pascal defends him, too. And all these... <laughs> All these celebrities, man, they, 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 you can tell they had no idea what was going on during this entire case. But, yeah, I just, I don't even know if I want to go into it, honestly. I don't even know if it's worth your guys' time because these people, they, they have no idea what they're talking about at all. They're trying to say that it was somehow racial injustice for a white kid to defend himself against three other white people. And, again, how you get any kind of race narrative out of that, I, I have no idea. I mean, we did have a smaller case of this kid named Andrew Coffey. I haven't really reviewed the case, but it sounds like a no-knock warrant. And, again, I'm not really a big fan of no-knock warrants. I'm with Rand Paul on that when he created the Breonna Taylor Act where he said, we don't want no-knock warrants. There's really no way for an average citizen, if you get it wrong, to figure out if you're a criminal or a cop. So if a bunch of people just show up to your house with guns and start shooting at you, yeah, you kind of have a right to defend yourself. So we saw that with the Andrew Coffey case. He got off and, you know, if it was anything like the, the Rittenhouse case, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad he got off. You know, I don't think that we should be having no-knock raids and stuff like that. Uh, we also had the Ahmed Arbery case going on at the same time. I'm not really going to get into that, but from what I've seen of the video, uh, I'm more on Arbery's side. I mean, there's more information coming out that he wasn't necessarily out for a jog, but you got this guy who's who's jogging or running or doing whatever. I don't really know what he was doing before. And two guys pull up next to him in a truck with, with pointing a gun at him. Guy's unarmed. He doesn't have a knife. He doesn't have a firearm. He doesn't have anything. And they just start pointing a gun and screaming at him. I mean, he, of course, he's gonna fight back. I mean, that's just this is a regular reaction. And I don't really care if he was doing something earlier. He could have been robbing a place for all I care. But if you're gonna just drive up to some guy and just point a gun at him, yeah, he's gonna fear for his life and try to defend himself. That's just this is a natural reaction. So. That all happened with the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Again, all, all these reactions to this kid, I don't know what else you would have done in this kid's situation. I don't know what else I would have done. I mean, this argument that the, the one that held the most water for the longest time and that even conservatives were saying was the kid shouldn't have been there. Well, here's the thing. The kid was always there. He's spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in community service to that community. His dad lived there, and all the businesses that he was protecting for all this talk about race, they were all minority-owned. The people who owned the car dealership looks like were they were Indians, and all these places were underinsured for riot damage. 
So a bunch of good Samaritans got together, just like I said. A lot of them were minorities, got together, protected the community. And again, Kyle Rittenhouse didn't just show up. He was always there. He spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in this community, working as a lifeguard, doing community service, hanging out with his dad. This was his community. He, he And again, I don't understand why people are saying, oh, he crossed state lines. I'm like, Shut up. I mean, you guys don't care when a foreign national crosses the border, but you're going to rail and riot over, over a kid who drove 15 minutes down to Kenosha who's an American citizen. I, again, if you don't care about the border crisis, you don't really care about people crossing state lines. You're just trying to make a bogus argument. It's Thanksgiving. We're all going to be crossing state lines soon, pretty much anyway. It's not a crime, especially if you grew up there and you've spent like majority of your life there doing community service. So no, Kyle shouldn't have been there is not a valid argument because Kyle was always there. I'm getting a lot of people who say, oh, 17 year old with a rifle shouldn't have been there, but they won't say that a convicted felon shouldn't have had a pistol. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't get the people saying uh, Rosenbaum shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been released from the mental institution. And uh, people know my personal stance. I believe that child molesters and people who rape children, they should they should get the death penalty. I don't I don't believe in rehabilitation for that. I don't believe in um, um, prison time. I believe that if it's a clear-cut case, and again, you got to have hard evidence before you have a kind of verdict like that, but I stick to it. I mean, I, I think that people who rape children should be castrated or killed, um, and that's just my opinion. You guys can disagree with it all you want. I, I know plenty of Christians who disagree with me on that. I really don't care. <laughs> that's just my opinion. But, yeah, this argument that he shouldn't have been there, again, he was always there, so that doesn't really hold up. The, the argument that um, these people weren't un unarmed, they're not unarmed. And many people will say, well, it's a skateboard. I'm like, yeah, and it, or it's just a baseball bat. Like, it, it has an effect. You can see people who've gotten attacked by those. They end up with brain damage. They end up with hard damage to themselves. It, it's grievous bodily harm or fear of death. Yeah, you can use it, especially if you're getting swarmed by a group. And what's interesting, too, is you, you do have something called mob mentality. And mob mentality is a real thing where you put the average person into a mob and they start to behave irrationally. They start to do things maybe they wouldn't have otherwise done because they're following the mob. The problem that I feel like is that I feel like Democrats almost have a mob mentality all the time. Like it doesn't turn off. They see a pedophile be, being defended and you can tell them that it's a pedophile and that you shouldn't defend him or memorialize him. Like again, you you could even be against the whole Kyle Rittenhouse situation without memorializing the pedophile. You don't need to do that to be against Kyle Rittenhouse, even though I am for him and I think he should have defended himself. I, I have to ask people, like, are you against self-defense? Is it a ridiculous idea that somebody who's trying to shoot you gets shot by you first? To me, it's not. To me, I'm not against self-defense. But, you know, maybe maybe those people who are out there are. But this mob mentality that, oh, we get to defend rioters and we get to defend looters and we get to defend violence against innocent people. It is a mob mentality that never shuts off. And it's scary because the uh, the Democrats see that it's popular and they just back it. 
It doesn't matter how many people get killed or shot or injured. They'll just, they'll back it. They'll back it up. And I don't know whether or not Kenosha is going to face riots. And the reason I say that is because there's a lot of fair weather riders. I mean, who knows? I, I mean, if, if the cocaine kicks in at the right time, maybe you might see people just go out there in the freezing cold. But um, I, I don't live that too far away from that area. It's kind of freezing outside. Like, <laughs> it's too cold to ride out here. It's like what Josh said. What are you doing? Like, go, f go spend Thanksgiving and Christmas with your families. Go enjoy the holidays. Don't don't go put yourself at risk for a bunch of white dudes who are just trash. I mean, I, I don't understand. But then again, maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Maybe I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm acting like they're rational when it comes to this stuff. Because you got people, you know, and I think Josh called them radicals in the last episode. But yeah, you have people who, who don't really care about dying. They know they'll be martyrs. And they're just like, they're just going to go blow up a gas station or just raid a building or just set the city on fire. And again, you get into that mob mentality. It's a dangerous thing. So regardless of whatever happens, people need to be prepared. They need to defend themselves. They need to have what they need. And again, look up my buddy Jeff in Kenosha. He's over there if you need any supplies. You know, nothing wrong with defending yourself. But... Yeah, so that's that's the Kyle Rittenhouse case. It, it really is insane. You know, the more you dive into it, just how fast all these arguments fall apart. You got Pedro Pascal defending this guy and a bunch of other celebrities. They they haven't read the case. They don't know what's up with this. And honestly, I think the majority of Americans can see for itself. If, if you really want to fight this whole scenario then you, you fight it through humor. You, you just got to make fun of these people because they're, they're morons. I mean, and you guys are really good at it. Like, I've seen some of you guys' comments and things on Twitter and stuff where somebody says, well, the difference between LeBron James and Kyle Rittenhouse is that Kyle's shots don't miss. I mean, that's that's funny. That's funny stuff. Like, again, I, I have a little bit of a dark sense of humor, too. Um, I, I can't do it when it comes to certain things like, rape jokes and stuff like that just i i'm not i i don't like that kind of humor but um like these people just are are just memeing this scenario so much and it's so fun to watch because the left knows they have no argument and i'll, I'll tell you how they know they have no argument is because they keep on wanting to say this narrative that he went in and just shot up a crowd and he's some kind of psychopath and it's clearly not the case because if it was Kyle Rittenhouse would have been reported as a mass shooter. And even in an active shooter scenario, what they were describing, they never describe him as a mass shooter. And they never describe him as a mass shooter because they know that if they did, it would be a clear lie. And it would probably put them on the case for defamation. Nobody ever called Kyle Rittenhouse a mass shooter, ever. But that's how they describe him. If you look at how they describe him, it's all the descriptions of what would make up a mass shooter. But that that's clearly not what Kyle was. And the second you tried to tell somebody that, they'll be like, you're lying. That's not, that's not what Kyle Rittenhouse was. He was not a mass shooter. But they've looked over so many facts of this case. I mean... You look at things that Dinesh D'Souza said, because now they're saying, well, you don't really have an argument for defamation. I'm like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Joe Biden called him a white supremacist, and that was even before 
the entire court case took place. So you can't say that you don't have an argument for defamation. I mean, they said he had no family in Kenosha. They lied about him having an illegal gun. They lied about Rittenhouse chasing the rioters. Um, they said the rioters didn't attack him. They said his victims were black. And all these lies collide with reality. So, yeah, with Joe Biden, I think you have a clear case for defamation. And I am so hoping that Kyle Rittenhouse also sues LeBron James. I mean, I haven't followed everything LeBron James says, but the guy's such an arrogant billionaire. I would love to see him like get his money siphoned out of him. And I'd love to see Kyle Rittenhouse siphon all the money that the Bidens took from the Ukraine. That would be just that would just make my day. Especially like get all the money back that Hunter Biden got from his paintings. <laughs> that would just that would just crack me up. But now we get into uh, something else. So going back to basic freedoms and we we go back to this situation that we have where a lot of people are under this pressure to get these shots and to get these inoculations and get these vaccines. And we will cover this right after our commercial break coming up right now. Hang tight. We're going to be right back. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And we're back. So now in Brazil, and this was from October, Pfizer decided to do a study on the effectiveness of its vaccine in COVID-19 by inoculating the entire population over the age of 12 in a town in southern Brazil. So they did this. Why? To study the safety and the efficacy of the Pfizer vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine that we said that they lied and said was um, approved by the FDA, even though it was community. So Pfizer, which developed the vaccine, said the purpose was to study transmission of the coronavirus in a real life scenario after the population has been vaccinated. The initiative is the first and only of its kind to be undertaken in collaboration with the pharmaceutical company in a developing country. A similar study was conducted by the uh, Bonatin Institute, uh, one of Brazil's leading biomedical research centers, and the smaller town of Serana. The trial tested the coronavac uh, shot developed by China's Sinovac Biotech. So... Here we believe in science and we lament the almost 600,000 deaths from COVID in Brazil. Yeah, so they go on. And there's little anti-vaccine resistance in Toledo where 98% of the population have had a first dose, mainly of the Pfizer vaccine. COVID-19 shot and Sinovax have always been used there. Municipal health secretary uh, said. Okay, so let's just get this straight. They said it was safe and effective. Why are they doing a study to test whether or not it's safe and effective? I mean, I thought we already knew it was safe and effective, right? I mean, so, but no, apparently that's not the case. Apparently, they have to run experiments in October of 2021 to figure out whether or not this is safe or effective. 
And it, again, it's like, clearly, clearly, if you have to run a study on it, if you have to run this experiment to see whether or not it's safe and effective, you don't know whether or not it's safe and effective. So how are you making this claims that you have a clear number that shows that it's safe and effective? So I have a little bit of a story. So I have a friend and uh, basically what ended up happening was, and um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can share the story. I'll keep him anonymous, but he uh, and his wife were, were going to try to figure something out. And they this was around the time that uh, Pfizer said that they had just gotten their shot approved. Uh, it was like a new shot that they had that they were going to approve. And they said that they were going to um, distribute it out. Well, his wife got this shot thinking that it was the new Pfizer FDA approved shot. And then he decided, you know, her husband decides to question the doctors. And the doc he questions the doctors and says, um, so this isn't the old shot, right? This is the, the, the new shot, the approved shot. And they said, yeah, it's the, new, the, it's the new approved shot. It's the new one that the FDA had just approved. And he's like, really? He's like, How'd you, how long have you had this shot in your, in your inventory? And they say, well, uh, we've, we've had this shot now for about a week. Yeah, so, so it just came in a week ago. We've been holding it now. And so, so we gave her that shot. And he said, really, because how did you get it in a week ago when the new approved shot was just approved yesterday? Now, all of a sudden, they don't have an answer. See, the, the truth is that she didn't actually take the the new approved shot, She, which was community. What she did was she took the old Pfizer shot. And a lot of people have tried to say that the Pfizer shot is the same thing as community. But if you look at the description that is in the, the fact sheet paper, it says that there are certain differences between these two shots and that they're legally distinct. So that means that they're not the same shot. And on top of that, if, if you did approve one shot that was under emergency use authorization, you would have to revoke that emergency use authorization on that shot in order to approve it by the FDA. But what the, what the community agreements said was that there was a shortage of community shots, but, but the Pfizer shot that's under emergency use authorization is widely available. So what just happened? Well, they didn't approve it because it's not the same shot and they say it's not the same shot. Again, there, there are certain differences, they're legally distinct. What they say is that the safety and efficacy are all, all pretty much the same and that they have no additional risk. That doesn't mean it's the same shot. They're playing fast and loose. You need to revoke emergency use authorization in order to approve it because emergency use authorization is only in existence so long as there is no alternative to that treatment. But again, people make the argument we shouldn't even have that emergency use authorization because we have prophylactics. And again, I've been over this before. The same people who mocked Joe Rogan for saying, I take ivermectin and I took hydroxychloroquine. Ivermectin seemed to work really well. And they mocked him for using a pill are now saying that um, Pfizer's new uh, COVID pill is, is great and everybody should take a Pfizer pill, even though they were mocking the idea of taking a pill. And now we have 
Sesame Street. So Sesame Street is now trying to indoctrinate and inoculate your kids with this with this shot. And a lot of people will tell you that you can't even really call this thing a vaccine because you don't even have the virus on file. You know, when you do a FOIA request, you're supposed to have the virus on file for what you're injecting into people's bodies. And nobody has this virus on file, which is concerning in itself. But let's go over to Sesame Street, you know, see what they're up to. So clip four, go. This is from my COVID vaccine. My mommy and my papi took me to get it this morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rosita, that's great. Getting the COVID vaccine is a great way to stay healthy. See, my mommy and my papi said that it will help keep me, my friends, my neighbors, my abuela all healthy. Your parents are absolutely right. You know, COVID vaccines are now available for children five years and older. And the more people who get them, the better we're going to be able to help stop the spread of COVID and keep everyone healthy. See, and in three weeks later, I have to go back to the doctors and get my second shot. And Kitty, oh, let me show you. This is Gatito will be coming with me to take that shot too. (laughs) Good for you, Rosita (laughs) and Gatito. (laughs) You, You know, you're going to be considered fully vaccinated two weeks after your second dose. So that means that kids that are getting their first dose today, they should have really good protection by mid-December. You know, my granny bird says that since I'm six years old, I can get the vaccine. Oh yeah, that's right, big bird. Yeah, but this isn't the first time that Sesame Street has tried to indoctrinate your kids. If uh, you guys are familiar with the term, the great reset, um, the, the, the phrase, uh, Sesame Street actors have actually tried to uh, indoctrinate your kids uh, prior, although this was on a smaller scale. This wasn't on the TV show. It was actually on the podcast. But if you're if parents are listening to the podcast and they're trying to prepare their kids for the Great Reset, well, they can just listen to their old pal Grover talk about the Great Reset. So let's let's go over to Grover now on the Great Reset. You're just indoctrinating your kids. This is great. You're gonna love this. Uh, clip five. Go. Hello, everybody. It is I, your cute and adorable pal Grover, with a message for listeners of the Great Reset. Well, you are in luck because I know a thing or two about resetting. Mm-hmm. I reset my alarm clock every morning. <laughs> but you are talking about resetting the entire world. Now that is a very big job. Well, my friend Ms. Sherry Weston and I are here to help. On Sesame Street, we know that it is very important for children to learn and play every day. And because playtime is so important, we have been thinking of ways to help children all over the world learn and play at home. At first, it was hard when nobody could go to school. And I could not visit my friends like Elmo or, well... Even Oscar the Grouch. Then we learned to have video playtime, which was a lot of fun and made us feel better. You know, I'm shocked at this point that Grover doesn't just say, "Hey, and this is my friend Bill Gates, and he's going to tell you how to, he's going to tell you how to imprint numbers onto your hands and your your foreheads." You know? <laughs> but um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm half kidding. I, I don't know. I have no idea what these elites want. But yeah, that's that's kind of spooky. So you know, maybe maybe don't let your kids watch that, or just be aware of what they're watching. But one of the things that I love, one of the kickers of these 
whole experiments that they're they're doing in all these different countries is that you see areas like Sweden and Florida that had no COVID nineteen vaccine mandates. They didn't wear masks. They they were fine. You know, Sweden never even locked down. Versus an area like Vermont and an area like England, like Vermont has the highest COVID population uh, or the highest COVID vaccinated population ever. And England also has a very highly vaccinated population. And yet there's more COVID cases and COVID deaths in these areas than there are in Florida and Sweden that don't have these things. So natural immunity is being denied relevance despite over hundreds of over 100 research studies at least affirming its effectiveness. And many er Americans are actually unaware of the actual risk posed by COVID pointing if you point to like a Gallup poll showed 41% of Democrats believe that the unvaccinated have an over 50% risk of hospitalization according to the Gallup um the risk is actually 0.89%. Big difference between 0.89% and 50%. I don't know what the risk of the vaccinated is for hospitalization. I honestly think it depends on how many donuts you bribe them with to get this shot. But maybe that's a conversation for another day. Uh, so what did Biden say also previously? You're not going to get COVID if you've got these vaccinations. Well, now they're saying you, you might need to have a booster every six months. <laughs> Now it turns out, not only can you get COVID, but the areas that have the highest vaccination have more cases. So you can follow, you know, this logic. I mean, when you get a shot, you're not immune. You can still get it. And you still have to wear the mask. By the way, in Illinois, we're still wearing these masks. It's ridiculous. Like you go into a gym, they make you wear a mask while you work out. How ridiculous. Nobody's doing that. Even the people in England are doing that. But you can see, like, the CNN studies go back and forth. You, you go all the way back to February. It's like, single Pfizer vaccine shot provides strong protection for those who've had COVID-19, UK study suggests. Then it was, people vaccinated against COVID-19 can go without masks indoors and outdoors, CDC says, in May. Then it goes from May... And it goes into July and says CDC updates their guidance, recommends vaccinated people wear masks indoors and in certain areas. Don't go outside. And then it goes even further. September vaccine protection against COVID-19 wanes over time, especially for older people. Then you go down to October 16, 2021. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine recipients should get their second dose as soon as possible. Uh, and as soon as it's available, experts say. Then... You go over to uh, September 4th, 2021, is three doses of COVID-19 vaccine are likely needed for full protection, Fauci says. Then you get over to October again, 20, October 25th. Immunocompromised may need a fourth COVID-19 shot, CDC says. And then you get to October 13th. Why vaccinated people dying from COVID-19 doesn't mean that the vaccines are ineffective. Guys, you know, if, if you got the shot and you said it was 95% effective, but then I, I needed to give you a second one, maybe you might think that, okay, um, maybe there was just like a problem with the study. But then I give you the 95% effective shot. Now I tell you, you need a booster. 
you say, okay, uh, may maybe I just need one booster. But then I give you a, a booster that was developed faster than the vaccine was, and I t give you a second booster that I say is also 95% effective. Then I, then you take that one. Then I give you a third booster that I also say is 95% effective. And then but by the time I get to the fourth booster, are you wondering whether or not you're being tricked? I mean, Liz Wheeler just came out and said this whole vax thing is a hoax when it comes to efficacy. I back her 100%. I've been saying this for a long time. This stuff doesn't work. And apparently, the studies show that it doesn't work. You know, we had Alex Berenson over on the Rogan podcast, and he was saying, oh, look at the studies in England. They're, they're showing that these people have a higher COVID rate despite huge vaccination. And I love the fact check. I, that That's not the UK. That's only in England. Yeah, genius. Okay, England is a majority of the UK. Okay, I'd be, I'd be a little bit less concerned if it was something like Scotland or Ireland. Like, of course, those are areas are smaller. England is the biggest part of the UK. And you're telling me, oh, it's just England? That That's like saying it's it, like, it's like going into the, um, America and saying, oh, it's just, it's just Texas. Like, Texas is a huge area. Like, it's got a huge population. Or it's, it's just Texas and California. <laughs> like, these people have no idea what they're talking about. When you talk about the majority of the whole country, you can't just dismiss that. But, yeah, it's like having a shot that would prevent a girl from getting pregnant, only she can still get pregnant, and she also still needs to wear a condom or take birth control to protect her from getting pregnant. Like, would you still get that shot, ladies? I'm just saying. Like, if you had a birth control, like... One of those, one of those devices you insert, and you still have to wear a condom, and you still, you can still get pregnant. Would you take it? I mean, that that's the reasoning to me behind these these shots. Why would you take these at this point? And why would you force your employer to make you take these? But yeah, Florida now passed a law because of Ron DeSantis saying that you can sue your employer. If they try to force you to take the shot or if they fired you, the only way they can get out of this dilemma with fees and legal issues is to hire you back with back pay. So this has opened the door now for other states to move in and for other states to go in and say enough's enough. We're not going to take this anymore. And of course, you saw uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker come in and try to amend the Illinois Right to Health of Conscious Act and basically amend it to be the opposite because the Illinois Right to Health of Conscious Act said that government can't force you, um, the state government cannot force you to do anything against your conscious, any kind of shot, any kind of treatment, any kind of doctor. You cannot force medical treatment. And then he amended it to be like, unless the government says that you need to do it, then you need to do it, making it the complete opposite of what it was. And this is the problem with Republicans. We have something clearly stated in the law that says that it supersedes federal law. But we don't actually wield our power to enforce that law. And we wait until that law gets amended to be the opposite of what the law means. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of this crap. People need to stand up. You need to say no. Like, guys, we're winning. And people are standing down and saying, well, I'm still, I'm still concerned I'm still so concerned about whether or not we're out of the pandemic. Okay, was does anybody remember anybody dying from Delta? What happened to Delta? Yeah, we're moving into a cold season. Maybe you might see a few cases of Delta. I doubt it because the truth is that the Delta narrative, that narrative of Delta has completely weared off. 
people are no longer talking about Delta. I haven't heard somebody mention Delta variant of COVID-19 in the past three or four weeks. And it's been because of this Kyle Rittenhouse trial going on. So I haven't heard anybody mention it of you. Maybe they might start mentioning it again now that I said something. But seriously, like I see people around my area, like they're not wearing masks anymore. They're not. They're they're going into Walmart. They're in Meyer and all these other places. They're not wearing masks. They're not wearing it. And I want to tell you guys the reason you need to stand up is because the longer you don't, and the more of you don't, the harder you make it for people like me and everybody else who are standing up. Okay. We need to move as a group here because if you keep conforming to these people, they're never going to stop. They're already going after your kids with these vaccine mandates with shots that don't work. And we don't even know what kind of safety studies are going to come out later. I mean, they, they came out with a an announcement recently that said you can mix and max your mix and match your shots. Well, do you know what that does? That means that years down the road, when this these safety studies come out, like, and I I saw one area where they were trying to push it to not release the COVID safety data until 2055, which was telling it enough. But that in and of itself is bad. But when you couple it with the fact that they're telling you you can mix and match your shots from different brands, what's that going to do to the safety data, guys? What's that going to do? How are you going to tell which one was triggering what and which one was harmful from which brand well you're not going to be able to tell because they're all going to be mixed and matched you will not be able to tell which one was the bad vaccine and again if the the safety data is being released decades later it's going to be so so strewed there's going to be no way for anybody to figure any of this out so yeah i don't know what to say other than i think this whole thing is just a hoax. And again, even if you think that these shots work, let's just say you think that they're actually effective, you shouldn't be getting them anyway. Because 98% uh, survival rate, like 98, 99%, or 99.99%, depending on whether or not you have pre existing conditions or if you're healthy, you shouldn't be taking these shots off the pure fact that people in America are losing their jobs because the manufacturers are forcing them to lose their jobs. If, if you had this evil corporation or something that was costing everybody their livelihoods, why would you want to support them? Especially when you don't need to. Like this whole COVID thing, no. people who are perfectly healthy, who are young, you're not dying from this. And there is no evidence whatsoever that a kid needs this. None whatsoever. You can show me all the studies you want. There, there is not an epidemic of children who are between the ages of 5 to 12 dying from COVID. That's the point where you should know that these people are lying to you to make sales. And it's never going to stop. You're not fully vaccinated and you never will be. Because now they're releasing studies saying that fully vaccinated people are dying in Israel, and they're saying, well, they don't have boosters. I'm like, okay, I thought you said they were fully vaccinated. What does fully vaccinated even mean? It's it's subscription healthcare. It's never going to end. Fauci's now saying you need a, a booster every six months. You need to stand up, and you need to say enough. And I'm, I will tell you right now that People are getting so sick of it, left and right, because it's it's not about left or right anymore. It's about your freedom. 
So many people talk to me and say, oh, politics is divisive. You're looking at it all wrong. Politics is the leave me alone Olympics. Can you leave me alone more than he could leave me alone? Well, you know what? Then I'm going to fight to put you in power. Okay? Because all I want is to be left alone. And anybody who thinks that me being left alone is divisive or controversial, well, you know what? They've just outed themselves as tyrants that are idiots that want to run your life. You, you think I'm over-exaggerating? Look around you. Look at what's been done to you in the past two years. How did you get to this point? How did we get to this point? That's what I wanted to like. I'm so ticked off that this is any of this has even happened. We're moving past it, but we need to keep pushing out of it because some of you guys are still conforming. You know, I, I had an interesting conversation today with, with a friend and, you know, he, he was saying, um, and, and I've heard this from other Christians too, like, I know that they're the people working at the counter and stuff. I, I don't want to have to force them to say, oh, put your mask back on and stuff. They're just doing their job. I'm like, they're doing their job because of a dictatorial mandate that they don't want to be enforcing themselves, but that wouldn't exist if everybody just said no. Because why do you think that these areas, like you'll have a, a liberal state say, oh, we're not doing these masks anymore. We can't live like this. And Fauci will come out and say, it's okay for them to stop wearing their masks now because they realize they don't have any control over them. You never did. You've been holding yourself in, in the little mime box prison for these two years because not enough of you were willing to stand up. And it's sad. It's sad that I, I can't go to my gym and, and work out like normal because, again, I'll be thrown out because not enough, of, not enough people are going to stand up and say no. But we are winning because enough people have now stand up and, and they've stood up and they've said no. I mean, I want to I want to just go over the story really quick of something that I just found amazing. But the mayor of Naperville in Illinois has now said that he's moving to take away the mask mandate from from Illinois itself, because, again, he's noticed that Illinois is the only state in the Midwest where they're still wearing masks. Illinois is the only state where they still enforce all this ridiculous stuff. And the COVID rates are not in any way different than the Midwestern states around us. There's no difference. So he said there, there's a minimal difference in, in what's happening between these masks and everything else. And that they'll still he's still toting the line on the vaccines, but he's saying, look, come on. Every other state around us does not have these mask mandates in place. It's ridiculous. We've moved on. It's over. Let it go. <laughs> it's it's done. We don't need to keep wearing these masks when there's no information showing that there's any kind of safety data that sh that shows on record that the people with masks are better than the ones without it. If if anything, it looks like the opposite when you look at Florida. So we are winning. We are winning on that front. But you guys need to be a little more stern in how you do things you, you need to stop letting people boss you around don't look at it as oh i don't want to inconvenience them no you're inconveniencing everybody in your state because if you didn't wear this stuff if you didn't put up with it anymore people would move on people would 
stop enforcing it. You think they want to enforce it? They don't want to enforce it. The only reason they keep on enforcing it is because you are making them in a weird turn of events. We know that what they're doing is illegal because when the OSHA mandate came out from Biden, it got halted in the Fifth Circuit and Biden said, oh, we're just going to push it forward anyway. By the way, I, I don't know if you guys caught that um, <laughs> that news clip where Biden went in to get a colonoscopy and Kamala Harris was now the acting president. I know that's normal um, for presidents. Uh, when that happens, they go under anesthesia and somebody becomes the acting president. I think it happened with Dick Cheney. It happened with all, the, all these other people. I just, I just think it's funny that, um, you know, even that headline airing for that short of a time, people were already freaking out saying, oh yeah, that's right. We got to deal with that soon. At this point, I feel like America is going through a colonoscopy with this administration. I really do. <laughs> we really have so much to be thankful for, guys, in this country. You have no idea. And the reason I fight so hard and the reason I'm so irritable and the reason I'm so stubborn-headed and I keep pushing forward and I keep saying no is, again, I want to preserve that freedom. I want to be left alone. I don't want to have people run my life. And you probably don't want to have people run your life either. Do you want to be left alone? Help me out. Have people leave you alone by saying no. Like, don't ever underestimate my ability to fight to be left alone. I will, I will fight so hard to just be able to be left alone. Don't ever underestimate that. <laughs> but it's true. The, this divisiveness that people are saying, like, the reason the Kyle Rittenhouse case was so important was not just because an innocent kid was about to be sent away for life in prison over nothing, but also because self-defense was on trial. The Kyle Rittenhouse case affected everybody's ability to defend themselves and whatever precedent we were going to find ourselves in. So I'm glad that we have that freedom, and I'm glad that I have people like you. I have people, I have listeners like you who are actually willing to stand for freedom, who are actually willing to call out people when things don't make sense. I have had so many cool conversations with so many of you guys. And again, if you guys ever want to reach out to me on things you, topics you want to discuss or anything else, you can feel free. My email account is cconnectionmailbag at gmail.com. Always feel free to reach out to me. I got to get to one more story because um, you guys know I'm a, I'm a Bitcoin guy. You guys know I'm a crypto guy. I'm heavily involved in this space. If you if you guys needed any more reason to pick up um, the Bitcoin and start looking into investing, like I I, I think the last episode I did is aging like fine wine. But um, I think I'm looking back and I I believe that the last time I talked about Bitcoin. And that mini sewed, it was around 40K and it leaped up to like 47K. Now it's taken a hard dive. It's actually oversold on the RSI. By the time I get this out, it might have already pumped again. But it's looking around a little bit under 57K. It went down to 56K for a little bit and then it went down. Now pumped up, went down a little bit now to a little under 57K. Again, just saying oversold on the RSI. Not financial advice, but just saying. But in case you needed any more reason to get into it, now Hillary Clinton <laughs> has come out and said um, that she is against it and she doesn't want you. So first Bill Gates and now Hillary Clinton. 
By the way, uh, Hillary Clinton has an evil laugh. I just, I'm, I'm sorry. We, we just have to play this clip of, of Hillary Clinton's evil laugh. Let's just, let's just go. And, and you might notice Kamala Harris is kind of similar, but Hillary Clinton has just an iconic evil laugh that I, I just have to share it with you guys. I mean, you might as well just see it. So, so here's a compilation of Hillary Clinton's evil laugh when compared to all the other famous evil laughs in movie history and in cinema history when it comes to TV shows. So I'm just going to play that for you guys. So we're going to do clip six. Go. And that is that the American people are sick and tired of hearing about your damn emails. Thank you. Me too. Me too. <laughs> the middle class Anderson and let me say something about the media as well. I love when it goes to Smith from The Matrix and also the alien from Predator. That just cracks me up. The Witch was pretty similar too from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Pretty similar. But now we now we go into Hillary Clinton's a actual uh, quotes. And I'm sorry that you guys have to hear her voice. But um, let's hear her rail against crypto. And I'll, I'll just pray, play a, grief, a brief clip. Sorry, I don't know why I'm having problems talking today. Brief clip of her railing against Bitcoin. So let's go with that clip seven, I believe. Clip seven. We're going to be facing increasing challenges. The way that uh, technology has developed, the uh, incredible use of disinformation in the political sphere and the economic sphere is only going to get worse. The rise of artificial intelligence is going to threaten nation states, going to threaten multinational corporations. And then one more area that I hope nation states start paying greater attention to is the rise of cryptocurrency. Because what looks like uh, a very interesting and, and somewhat exotic uh, effort to uh, literally mine uh, new coins in order to trade with them has the potential for undermining uh, currencies, for undermining the uh, uh, role of the dollar as the reserve currency, for destabilizing nations, perhaps starting with small ones, but going much larger. So when we think about this new environment in which we find ourselves that we've been discussing for the last uh, some minutes, um, we can't just think about nation states. And Putin is a, is a great example of that. So Hillary Clinton uh, 
says that crypto can destabilize nations and undermine the bank systems of nation states. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the point. Uh, Bitcoin's dangerous and Bitcoin and crypto will destabilize the Federal Reserve currency status of the United States. And uh, Invest Answers actually had a pretty funny response to this. He said uh, that blame it's like blaming lifeboats on the Titanic. <laughs> but yes, yeah, he said uh, China saw it as a threatened bandit. Oh, great. Go China. Woohoo. Yeah. Let's be like China. Let's be more like them. I mean, like, I was waiting for her to say, like, look at all the deplorables in their camps. The system works. But yeah, so guys like Bill Gates hate Bitcoin. Hillary Clinton hates Bitcoin. Like, if, if the people you hate the most who hate you are telling you not to do something, that's probably the best indication that you shouldn't do it. Just saying. Central banks uh, grease the wheels of their economies by continually printing money. That was a quote from Forbes because now inflation has gone on the rampage. For every new dollar that we add um, to the spending pool, the buying power of that dollar loses more and more in value. And these morons think that they can solve the inflation crisis by printing more money. I mean, that's literally what Joe Biden is saying. And then Janet Yellen wants to tax you on money that you haven't even made yet. So... We're getting to that point. I remember for so long I was mocked um, so badly for saying that inflation was going to hit 15%. But if you look on shadow stats on the inflation rate, government statistics, um, official government statistics even came out and said that inflation is as, it's as high as 1.2% or higher per month. And you can look it up on shadow stats. So, yeah, you do the math there. So, Yeah. 15% inflation, you know, the price of a turkey used to cost, I think it was like twenty two forty eight, and now I think it's like 55 60 when one year's difference. It, it makes a huge difference, guys. Inflation. You need to have hard assets. You don't necessarily need Bitcoin. I, I'm, well, I think everybody needs a little bit of Bitcoin. If you are going to buy it, try to buy it under 65K. Um... Again, not financial advice, just what I would do, what I'm doing. And also real estate. I'm not really a precious metals guy. I think that gold has lost too much of its value. I don't think on this program you're ever going to hear me advertise gold. Um, I, I think I'd only advertise things that go up in value. I know a lot of um, people have precious metals. And again, even if you are a precious metals person, no reason to not hedge against it by hedging it with crypto. Because, and again, quality crypto. I do believe that a lot of these things are going to go to zero. Like people are like, "Oh, what about Mooncoin or Do Dogecoin or Shiba Inu?" You know, like I think all those are going to zero. But I think there are quality names like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana that are good quality names for people to get into. I mean, you got a few other things like Chainlink and like Polygon and a few other things, but uh, mainly Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana for me are like the three the three investments that I think are valuable. But I just want you guys to remember these moments. I want you to remember the contradictions. You are in a propaganda war, and you can make a difference. I'm shocked that we haven't had the usual Thanksgiving uh, propaganda of, you know, you don't go and sit at the unvaccinated's table, or don't sit with your Christian uncle, or don't don't do this. These people promote division, 
these people want you to be separated because again, they want to tell you how to live your lives. They don't want to leave you alone. They want to dictate everything to you. And you'll find soon enough that that is the democratic party in a nutshell. They'll tell you how to vote. They'll tell you how to live. They'll tell you what to do. They'll tell you how much money you can keep. They'll tell you uh, whether or not you can own a gun. They'll tell you whether or not you, you, <laughs> you owning a car is evil. I mean, it just, it never ends. They'll even tell you whether or not you having a family is evil. We had the CARES Act at one point that was developed by the previous president, Donald Trump, to save people's jobs so that they wouldn't be lost in the COVID pandemic. Now we have an administration where their entire goal of their mandates is to make people lose their jobs. I, I believe sincerely that all the people and all the corporation that took all that CARES Act money, they should have it redistributed to all the people they fired. But... Who knows, that might actually happen with the Florida case. You know, you got areas like Florida, but don't become complacent. Always chase freedom. You're never going to go wrong with that. We have so much to be thankful for in this country. I hope you guys do end up having a really good Thanksgiving. Spend the time with your loved ones, with your family. Maybe turn off the politics, turn off the news, get together with each other. But if politics does come up, just tell them. I just want to be free. I just want to be left alone. That's all I want. And if I have to fight people or if I have to get involved to be left alone, I will get involved to be left alone. But if people are going to be ruling my life and they're never going to leave me alone, they don't give me any other choice to become involved. I remember uh, a couple years ago now, um, one of my friends actually asked me, she said, uh, are you going to get involved in politics? And uh, I wanted to ask her whether or not I, <laughs> if I did, she would even ever vote for me. The answer would probably be no. <laughs> but initially for a while, I did, I did consider not going into politics. I did consider just trying to focus on my career, just trying to do other stuff. People who know me know I have a very busy schedule. This is not all I do. But then these lockdowns hit, and then I saw people get hurt. I saw people get taken advantage of. I saw a system that I knew was not going to end. I predicted that these lockdowns were going to last much longer than two weeks. I knew it was going to be months. I knew it was going to be a year or more, and I was right. Of course, people called me paranoid. But again, all I wanted, all I ever wanted was to be left alone. That's all I ever wanted. I wanted to be able to just have good time with my family, grow, succeed, and be left alone. But now it's become very apparent that unless I fight, unless I really get involved to do that, I, I'm never going to be left alone. And this is the time where you guys get to decide what kind of a future you want for your kids. Do you want to be left alone? Do you want your kids to be left alone so that you guys can be happy and pursue happiness and pursue freedom and live in a free country? Or do you want to be ruled by people who will never leave you alone? I mean, it's a very clear choice. And right now is the time to make it. I hope you guys all have a very wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope that you have a very good time with your family and your friends. And I wish you guys all a happy holiday. Thank you, and as always, stay connected.
Corn Pop was a bad dude. Line dog is pretty short. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.